beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing. There is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make sense. Hi everyone. I have to giggle at myself sometimes. I have this unique ability to just not connect the dots of life. Meet Me in the Field is a podcast of spiritual journeys, but it never occurred to me to talk to people about the physical spiritual journeys that they have taken. I'm very grateful for Yak to have brought this to my attention when he introduced me to a YouTube video of the Camino de Santiago. I am even more grateful for Dave for agreeing to share his experience of the Camino de Santiago with us. This Camino consists of various walking routes to Santiago de Compostela, which is the town where the body of St. James is. Dave did both the Camino Frances, which is the northern Spanish route, as well as the Portuguese way, which is the Portuguese route. David and I not only discuss the spiritual aspect of these journeys, but he also shares some great practical tips with us. This podcast is supported by the first layer, the 12-step workbook on working through the 12 steps in any addiction in 21 sessions. There's also a 24-day step coaching and counseling program available based on the first layer. For more information in this regard, go to www.freddy.org.za and click through from the notices at the right of the homepage. Sit back and enjoy. Good morning, Dave. How are you doing? Good, thanks, Freddy. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Meet Me in the Field. I'm very, very happy to have you with me, with us. And what a beautiful day this is. And what a beautiful spot you've got. <laughs> Good to <laughs> he, see you, Freddy. He, he just sits there and shakes his head. <laughs> okay. I must, I must remind you, we, we don't have a camera going, so... <laughs> This is audio. <laughs> okay. Dave, the reason why I asked you to come and talk to us for Meet Me in the Field is Meet Me in the Field is a podcast about spiritual journeys. Yeah. My husband walked up to me the other day and he said to me, he, I must watch this video about the Camino. And I don't know why he went into it. Yeah, there were a few of them around, yeah. And anyway, so I went onto YouTube and watched it and then he said, but... You know, you know, you read, you read the book on this, didn't you? And I said to him, yes. He said, why? I said, because Dave did it. So why do you talk to Dave? I said, well, he said, well, that's, if there's ever, ever a spiritual journey, this is it. So that's how it came to me asking you to come and talk to me. So you did two of them, the Portuguese one and the Spanish one. Am I correct? Uh, yes, I suppose the Camino in itself is it was originally meant to be a walk from or a pilgrimage from your doorstep to the grave of uh, St. James, Jesus' brother, one of the disciples. Um, what's actually happened now is that uh, what people do is they more fly or start at a certain point uh, from which there are there are these choreographed walks. And there are now many of them. You can these choreographed? Uh, well, choreographed walks are more uh, sign, heavily signposted walks. Okay, I saw the sign. Yeah, the I saw the sign. <laughs> it's a, I can't remember what it looks so like. So it's uh, the yellow arrows. They call yes, it the, the yes. flesh amarillo, as they say in Spanish. And basically, as you're walking the Camino, if you haven't seen one of those for 500 meters, you've probably lost the path. <laughs> so at every turn where there should be any chance of you going, 
um, not knowing which way to go, you look for a, a yellow arrow, which is often on a, on a signpost, on a wall, on the floor, um, and they become sort of this comforting symbol that you're on the right track Sleep. every time you see them. And do you maintain this then? Do you make sure that, that there is there organization? So I think the answer to that is I don't know. I, I assume that the countries actually maintain them. The, okay. the, the local municipalities okay. seem, and, and certain areas are better signposted than others. But I think that the, the countries themselves, mainly Spain, but also the, uh, Portugal, the Portuguese one we did, um, really support this. I mean, it's a fantastic yeah. advert for their country. It's really good for society and for people to go mm. and do it. So you see, and, and on each uh, route, there are always many options. And I think that's where you probably find the less signposted um, routes. Like you'll start off one day and it'll say, the book you have will say after two kilometers, uh, there's the scenic option through the woods, which will take you 1.3 kilometers longer. There's an option along the, the truck route, which we don't recommend. And then there's one through the village. Okay. And then the one through the woods would probably be le uh, less well signed, posted. Okay. What made you decide to do that? Because I met you, what, about eight years ago. And it was soon after that that you, that you did it, if I remember correctly. Um, so what made me decide to do it is I was, going through, I was going through changes in my life. I'd been dealing with some difficult childhood issues. You were too young for midlife, so... <laughs> I don't know that I was too young for midlife. I think it may very well have been the, the, mid, the, the middle passage. Well, early developer, early developers. Well, I think I was midlife arrived early. Well, I was as well. 38 or 40. I was 40 when I met you, so it was definitely ready for midlife. <laughs> Maybe it was a midlife crisis. Whatever it was, it was a change. It brought, and, it brought it took you on a wonderful journey. So. And in a, as a part of that journey, I did quite a few things which I thought would give me better insight into myself, or were just outside of my comfort zone. Yeah, and I was I was working on myself doing therapy, and uh, at that time I also did the Mankind Project and oh, yes, uh, the Landmark Forum. But what really drew me to the Camino was the idea of, I suppose, a pilgrimage, and I, and I I mean that in not the heavy sense of the word and trying to suffer, but more some sense of a journey, which has a destination, although we may not know what it is and that really has a process to it and i think being a pilgrimage, a pilgrimage it also has is not uh, is, is not easy so there maybe there is an element of suffering in it so or that an element of definition would, would a pilgrimage as as a definition have the needs to be a form of suffering associated with it this is not well, possibly a philosophical yeah. discussion so, <laughs> and that's okay <laughs> I think a pilgrimage, maybe suffering is a strong word, but definitely has an element of commitment, an element of change. Um, and challenge, and, I suppose. And of challenge. I like the word challenge more. I think that often there is a, an element of suffering in, the pilgrim, in, in all change oh. and in all challenge. Um, and I think that to, to go and walk the Camino and think, I'm not going to suffer at all, um, is maybe to be very optimistic. Okay. Now... The Spanish one you did starts in France. Um, so the most popular Spanish route begins in, is called the Camino Francais and, and begins on the border of France where effectively where Napoleon invaded France. Okay. At Saint-Jean-Pied-de-Port. Uh, so that's the first, the first stage. And um, there are 
I think, another three Caminos which walk through France and connect with that starting okay. point. Um, but the most popular one, yes, walks from France to, uh, to Santiago. Did you start there? No. Where did you start? So what, no. I, what I did is I, uh, the first time I did it, said I had 12 days to walk. So I started, I, th- I think I may have had two weeks for 12 days walking. So I said, well, I'm going to set myself how far I think I can walk in 12 days because the whole Camino is 40 days it's 800 kilometers in 40 days when I say days there is a a seminal book by John Briley who sets out the days as he thinks best and that's walking between 20 and 30 35 kilometers a day but usually stopping in the most beautiful towns I actually thought I was going to start in Astorga and took a bus there but was keen and 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 then decided while I, when I arrived in Astorga that I wanted to walk one extra day. So I went to the bus stop, went from the bus stop, took the bus and started going towards Leon, L-E-O-N, which is, was the stop before. And it was quite a strange experience because I was sitting on the bus and after going 20 kilometers on the bus, I suddenly realized every kilometer that the bus was going away, I had to walk back the next day. So I looked in, quickly looked in my, uh, in my guide and it said... The next stop was called uh, San Martin de Camino. And so I saw that I could, st- there, there was a hostel there, so I just got off there. And so that was where I started my Camino. Okay. What I saw on the YouTube video was that the, the accommodation in the hostels looked quite rough. <laughs> Is that the case? Um, Do you have the option to stay in, 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 in more upmarket? Accommodation is the whole idea to kind of rough it because this is part of the challenge. I think the idea is one of the sayings that I heard that I think is really true about the Camino is go to the Camino, don't try and pre-think it and allow it to become your own Camino. Okay. So there are options in most. So most stops um, has an option have options of a hotel or what they call them an albergue. Now an albergue is not. I didn't think they were rough. And I stayed mostly, almost exclusively in albergues on my first Camino. They're simply a, um, like a hostel. They, would, they have bunk beds, but the bunk beds are cleaned and uh, made. You have your own sleeping bag and you have a, a nice bed, a, a, a single bed to sleep in. You then are traveling with a light ba- uh, like pack or a pack and you leave your pack next to the bed. Um, and yeah, then you meet with all of the other walkers. But you don't have your own room. There are communal showers and um, they don't have kitchens. You'll go out and eat in, okay. in, in, the, in the beautiful little Spanish villages, which I didn't think was a hardship mm, at all. Lovely. Local food. I mean, because it's so, the path is so well-trodden, they have, they have so, um, many different restaurants. Okay. But in all the stops, the local restaurants will display boards with menu pellegrinos. So effectively, they have pilgrim's menus. Oh, okay, cool. Specifically uh, tailored, which usually have a, a starter or a salad, a main course with meat, and then a dessert and half a bottle of red wine for sort of nine euros or ten Whoa. euros. So they're cheap. You may get a hangover from the red wine. <laughs> it's not high quality red wine at all. But I don't have a problem with, with wine. So at least I would have that and I don't eat meat anymore. So that's also... Well, nor do, nor do I eat the meat. But I think what was interesting is that every night I, we would go out or I would go out with fellow pilgrims and you did this on your own 
I didn't go with a friend. So the first time I did it, I did it on my own. And I think the majority of people are doing it on their own or close to. And I would really recommend it. Because if you don't, well, it's a very different experience if you don't do it by yourself. Because if you're doing the Camino by yourself, you wake up when you wake up. You wash your face and clean your teeth. And and you literally put your pack on your back and you walk. And you have the freedom to stop walking when you want to stop walking. And there are literally some people walking 10 kilometers a day and some people walking 50 kilometers a day. Okay. Um, and I, I like that experience. I like the idea that I, f- I, I s- come to a town and I f- feel the town is beautiful and I'm a bit tired. You know, maybe I have lunch and I decide to stay here. Mm. It, it's a very free and present way of, of walking the community. Oh, it sounds lovely. It sounds so awesome. I had this, rom- yeah, this, this romantic picture in my head. Was it difficult? So, yes. My experience of it, the, the first piece of advice that I would give is don't go with new shoes. <laughs> so have Tell some, me you didn't. No, I did not go. Good. Have, I'm some, very glad to hear that. have some shoes that are... Um, like running the comrades with a new pair of tackies. Yeah. <laughs> have some shoes that you've walked or run in um, for a few months and you buy good socks and put Vaseline on your feet each day. And then I had my pack ready a few weeks before and tried sort of five days a, wa- a week to walk walk 10Ks or something like that. And that really helped. Okay. But nonetheless, when I started walking, the first day was so exciting, just so excited to be there is great. And I didn't feel tired. The second day, the same. But the third, fourth and fifth days, my body was really getting used to walking 25 or 30 kilometers a day with a pack. So I got tired and I think many people got tired. Towards the end, I got, my leg got sore just from walking. I think one day um, I walked 35 kilometers on a hot day. Mm. I was, and I was walking to, so I walked the last five days with my mother on the first Camino. Okay. And so I was getting to the point where she was. And yeah, and from then, so I, my leg was sore, and then it was I was taking Boltar and, and walking, and yeah, so the, it, it, that was difficult. And I think I got tired. Um, okay, so so what I'm hearing is that be prepared for for difficulty in terms of the route that you take, physical challenges, and mentally, is, is it a mental challenge as well? Probably. The mental journey is obviously the the interesting one. Physically, it's only the challenge that you make it. And I suppose that's the interesting part. As I wake up in the morning and everybody else is on John Briley's book, it says I should walk 30 kilometers today. And if it happens to be 35 degrees, Hmm. how am I going to react to that? After 10 kilometers or 15 kilometers, there is a little town with an albergue that I can stop in. So it's interesting. Yes, there is a physical challenge, but it's only the challenge I give myself. But most people who walk 30 kilometers a day for 20 days or 15 days are going to feel, um, yeah, come into some physical difficulty. Yeah, blisters are a real problem if you, got them, if you get them. I hadn't yeah. got them, but I got hurt the one day. We, the second time, um, I walked the Portuguese Camino um, on honeymoon with my they, wife. They both end at the same spot? All Caminos or Actually, I don't know that. No, there are some people who call Camino like there's an Italian Camino, I think, to to Rome. But all the all there's an English Camino as well. You know, there's a Cape Town Camino. I didn't know there's a Cape Town Camino. At half past three this morning, I was wide awake from a coughing attack, so I was on my on internet and a 
friend told me about the Cape Town community. And where does it go? And, uh, it starts in um, Constantia. And then you walk right around the point, Hart Bay, through Greenpoint, and it ends in Constantia. And it's one day, three days? Ten days as far as I can gather. Maybe, maybe 11 days. It's got 10 stops, so I suppose it will be 11 days if you stop at one again. I don't read the details. I, I just mean, I mean the in, interesting, yeah. lovely thing to do. Yeah, I think that the, the Caminos go to Santiago. I mean, what I, one of the amazing things that I found very meaningful to me is that when I was reading up about the Camino, the tomb of St. James was found, I think, in about 800 or 900 AD. And uh, the, the Catholic Church sent people to check it, and they said, it is the tomb of St. James. And at that point, people from all over Europe started walking to Santiago. And there's a lot of history around it. Like a thousand years ago, there were a million people a year walking the Camino. Mm. And if you think how small the populations were then, and it really gave me a sense of this pilgrimage that has been going on for a thousand years and that the stones you can see the stones are worn and that the stones that have been worn and the the little old hospitals that you walk past or the little churches have been there for you know for so long not all of them a thousand years obviously but um and that also has a, a sense of gave a sense of meaning to me and there are many small things on the camino that are almost set up to be a part of of a spiritual journey like and in most of those little churches, you get a Camino passport, which is effectively a folder with, with quite a few pages in it. And in order to get your Camino certificate, which funnily enough in Spain, people give in with their job applications and it's, it's seen as something to have done. Um, in order to get your Camino certificate, they look in your Camino passport. And every place you stay each night stamps the stamps as a pretty little stamp in okay. your Camino certificate. And, and then all of these little churches, you can stop and it's cool and um, these beautiful ornate churches. Mm-hmm. You can stop and have your lunch sitting on, in the shade next to one of them. And, and you go inside and there's often a priest there who will then stamp your book with a... So are you stopped at, the, at this church? <laughs> I have this vision in my head of this quiet church. And you know the post office? <laughs> so this big quiet church. <laughs> Stamp guy. Does it do it quietly? <laughs> well, sometimes they just leave the stamp there and you go stamp yourself. But what's more interesting is like this beautiful, pristine, you know, quiet church, and then these sort of very sweaty <laughs> hikers have been walking for four hours, walking, yeah, four hours or ten days yeah. with like faded shirts, walking in and um, and sitting down with their packs. That yeah. does happen quite a lot. So, did you? have a sense of spirit or spirituality before you did this or, or was this all kind of new for you starting with with your journey that started before the Camino? I was definitely in a place of of searching for spirituality okay. or questioning or trying to walk down a spiritual path and I think that that's the Camino was definitely a part of my path and one of the things that I did before the Camino is to get a sense of what change or what I wanted to find and what energy I wanted to feel and what 
transformation or spiritual journey I wish to go on. Um, and there's a beautiful symbolic stop on the Camino. It's about three or four days outside of Santiago, which is called the, the Crux Ferro, which is the Iron Cross. And at the top of a hill, um, there's an iron, an iron cross that looks over the surrounding Spanish countryside. And the tradition is that you bring a stone or something from your house, and then you also bring a photograph or and these of your personal belongings, which symbolize things that you would like to change or let go of. Okay. So there's this beautiful sense of while I was walking the Camino, I have this piece of baggage, and I can also think about it, and I did, about what I was going to let go. And then I stayed at a little albergue, maybe a kilometer short of that, which was on, on the hill, and then got up before sunrise and sort of walked up quickly to get to the, the, the Iron Cross at sunrise. And it is, it is beautiful. You sort of walk and there, there's a, a mound of stones, maybe three meters I, high. I actually saw that on the, on the YouTube video, yeah. And, um, and then, I mean, it was very moving. There are photographs of, um, of children who I would assume have died and, and photographs of, of obviously people that have been lost and then there's just pile of stones. Oh, and it's a really emotional sense of what people are letting go of yeah. and of a, of, a spiritual, of a spiritual journey. The first, the first time, as I started the Camino um, at uh, San Martin de Camino, I, sat, I walked in, got my Camino passport stamped and paid my, I think it was eight euros to, to get my bunk. And, and they were serving a, a, a pilgrim's menu. So I asked for a pilgrim's menu and sat down. And there was a guy at the table and I started chatting to him. And he was a French uh, aeronautics engineer. And he, his daughter had died when oh, she no. was three. Um, and ever since then, in his summer holiday, he walked the Camino. Oh, my word. And he would do it... Um, and I think that, I mean, he and he Why was am walking. I goosebumps? <laughs> and he was walking much faster than I was. He was walking. He had walked, I think he said, fifty kilometers that day. He did a shorter day the next day because I saw him at the next <laughs> next stop. So he obviously, but then I didn't see him again, and he okay. was obviously walking faster. But it was the sense, and those are the kinds of experiences that I had of people who had, you know, really dealt with something, and were walking to let go. Something that I have a problem with is the balance between... I can imagine it must be really interesting to meet a lot of other people and to talk to people about their journeys. Why are they there? What are they getting out of being there? But the counter-argument to that is that it will be my journey. I would like to feel a sense of solitude, of individual spiritual connection with myself. Did you find the other people a problem? Did you find it exciting? What did you picture before the time and how was it? If you understand my question. So, yes, so I do understand your question. The, there's a different um, interaction between people on the Camino because it's a spiritual journey and everybody understands that, that different people are on different paths. So there's a, there's a nice saying that, um, that everybody says, which is Bon Camino, have a good Camino. And people use it a lot. Like I would walk 10 kilometers with somebody and then stop and have a coffee. And if I felt it was time for me to walk on by myself, I would just say, I'm going to, you know, actually, I would just say Bon Camino, wave and you walk. And I, and I never felt any judgment around okay. walking together. What ended up happening is that 
another saying that I heard about the Camino is, as I am in my, la in, in my world at home, I will create that on the Camino. And I found that really interesting because sometimes I believe that there's an element of chance in the way my world is. And, but on the Camino, I, I then created a, a similar world. I created a group of friends who I found really interesting. And I ended up walking mainly with them. So I think that, they, but I walked different times with only one of them. I think also a part of my spirituality or my pilgrimage is, is, is also to tell my story to other people because in telling my story to mm -hmm. other people I get different insights and I also it's a sharing and it gives me more insight into my my story and I think that because the people that I meet on the Camino or that I met I often would have walked I walked with them for 10 or 12 days and then I never saw them again yeah. and people know that and I knew that there was a good chance I would never see them again so the the fear of sharing is, is far less. Yeah. I can share everything with you and then um, it's a safe environment and I will probably never see you again and vice versa. So what I'm hearing is I'm hearing a, an atmosphere of absolute mutual respect. Um, I think that may be going a bit far. I think, <laughs> I think there are different kinds of people everywhere. There was always a fight. I think it was between between the Germans and the Spanish as to whether the windows were going to be left open in the hostels because oh, one of them wanted the fresh air and one of them didn't. Um, and, um, you know, they're, they're always difficult people. Um, and I think that's also a part of it is to be able to let that go. Part of the acceptance of life yeah. is that some people are just assholes. They are. <laughs> and, yeah, so I think that it's there's just a wide range of, of different people walking. But I was able to... I, I found the people that I chose to speak to you know, were really interesting to me. And, okay. and I think that that was the group. Because my fear is that I'll defocus on the people and not on the, on the journey, if you, if you understand what I'm, what I'm trying to say, is that um, the one irritating American woman will, will, will become kind of my major obsession instead of connecting with why I'm there. <laughs> I suppose the, I mean, there are, I never found that to be the case because the one irritating person, I could, um, I just didn't see them. Okay. You know, and I, you can plan your your day to not see them. This is what I'm. Well, you, most people you don't see because obviously I start walking. Maybe they're on the Spanish Camino towards the end. They're more, but you know, maybe there you see somebody 300 meters in front of you or 100 meters in front of you, and that would be on average what you see. Or maybe there'll okay. be nobody in front of you, and you'll be walking with one person or with. Um, where you will see the people is then you'll arrive in the next town and we were trying to, I was starting early and walking quite fast so I would get there usually early and then you get, you go to the, the albergue you want to um, and then once, so you'll stop, you'll wash your clothes because you've only got two sets of clothes, put them out to dry and have a shower and then walk out into the little Spanish town and have lunch if you haven't had lunch yet or just go and explore the little Spanish town, maybe have a sleep in the afternoon. But in the albergues, you'll see the same people over and over again, okay. um, which, which means that... But you don't have to go out to dinner with them. What we ended up doing was, uh, even if we weren't staying in the same albergues, we would walk at different speeds to, to a lot of the people. And maybe I found there were three French guys who walked, I think, a week of the Camino each year. Okay. And they had started a long way away, and this was their week. 
and they did it together and I found them really interesting. So they weren't walking as fast, but they but we went out to dinner with them a few times. Okay. Okay. So what did you find on the Camino? What what meaning did you bring home with you, if any? I think that what I personally found on the Camino was I think I did let I let go of um So let go of some of the baggage, but I, I don't. I think that that's, that's such a wide thing. I think that the Camino was a time in my life where I needed to stop focusing on on maybe as much inward work and and start allowing myself to to live more presently. So there was almost a, and I wouldn't look back and say that's exactly when it happened, but I think that there was a, a, a slight change in the way that I engaged with the world, and I think that. Whenever I think of, of both the Caminos that I've done, there's, there's such a sense of, of just joy and, and lightness. That, I love your smile when you say that. <laughs> and I think one of the other, another thing that happens on the Camino is walking for me is medit- meditative and for many people. And after I've been walking for three or four days for 20 kilometers or 30 kilometers, firstly, my body just is healthier when doing that amount of exercise. So I feel good. Okay. Like I wake up feeling good. The afternoons walking around the Spanish or Portuguese villages, I'm happy. There's an element of, of meditation in, in just doing these 40,000 yeah. steps every day. And that allow, puts me in a different frame of mind so that I can maybe... And, and also I'm not dealing with 90% of the admin I deal with on an average day. I, yeah. I mean, I literally have a, a pack of five kilograms. I pick that up and I walk. And I, oh, that lovely. <laughs> and I don't, you know, I don't take phone calls. I don't, so that there's almost a clearing of the mind and a, and a for me, a, a feeling of lightness and a feeling of, of connection to, to myself. And I think that's one of the reasons that the Camino is a pilgrimage for me, is that continual exercise, some element of, of feeling tired and, and also being in that meditative state of I'm walking and, and it, it's it's an interesting state of mind to be okay. I'm, I've walked two kilometers today, but I'm going to walk another twenty-five, like, and just to keep walking. And there's like, okay, I'm going to walk for an hour. I'm going to sit down for t- for five minutes. Then I'm going to pick my bag up. I'm going to walk for another hour, and, and and that, yeah, I think clears away a lot of the the noise in my mind. You sound like a Johnny Walker ad. Walking, <laughs> just keep walking. <laughs> <laughs> they could sponsor the queue. <laughs> I do these um, spiritual postings every day on, on, on Facebook and all the social media. And so often, I just want to use the term, keep walking. And then I always see the bloody Johnny Walker. Walker. And as an alcoholic, I can't do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so even though I think it's very appropriate, it's also very inappropriate. So was there a significant difference between the Spanish and the Portuguese ones? So, yes. For me, I, I did them, the one seven days by myself and then with my mother and, and then the other one with with my wife. So I think that... Newly. With my new on a honeymoon. So, that's, <laughs> so that in itself is, a, is, is very different. Um, in, the, in the experience of the Camino, the Spanish Camino is far more, um, or the, the Camino Francais, as they call it, is far more geared towards the Camino. 
towards pilgrims. So you'll see more um, little churches along the way. And I, I found that the towns were even probably slightly closer, so you'd have one every five kilometers. Um, and maybe more, more history. We walked the coastal route just by chance um, in Portugal, in Portugal um, or the first four days or five days of that. So our experience of that was walking along the sea, which was beautiful, but also a bit more exposed and windy. And then the towns that we stopped in were significantly bigger than the, than the towns okay. on the inland route. So more towns than villages. More towns and villages, which, I mean, I, I, I didn't dislike that because we had some bikes that we rode around on to, um, to dinner on, in one of the towns and we, uh, we did have our phones with us and got on Zomato and found some, so there were some nice restaurants in these little towns that we could, where the locals went to that we could find that wouldn't Ooh. have been the case in, yeah. uh, in, in a village with, with three or four hundred people. If I were to recommend which one to do first, I would do the, the Camino Frances. The Spanish one. Oh, yes, the Spanish one. The first one sounded as if there was definitely a sense of spirit involved. And the second one, with your wife, was that also the case? Or was it, was it more a connection thing? So I think that the... I mean, the, it's a very interesting question. The first one, because I walked it by myself, is, was more of an experience about myself. And I think that was always going to be the case. Um, walking it with another person is going to be a, a quite a deep experience of the relationship between you. Because if you think about it, you're then going to walk 30 kilometers together. So we were spending literally 20, you know, 24 hours a day together and often tired. And we were, I mean, goal setting... Maybe that sounds like a big word, but when, you, when you're both tired and one of you wants to walk another five kilometers and the other one doesn't, I mean, it, it just brings up interesting, and, and you under pressure making decisions together. And I found that really rewarding, actually, but very, yeah, very insightful. One of the things that happened this Camino is that we were walking in, the, um, in that Portuguese heat wave. So... Yeah. We literally, there were three or four days of 40 degree heat mm. and, and very humid. So we, on the first day, we just got caught right in the middle of it. And the second day, we, we started getting up at six in the morning or 5.30 to walk. But even so, the, um, we, were only, we weren't walking that fast. We were only finishing at about two o'clock. From 11.30 to two, we were walking in 38 degrees mm. or more. And I think that was, so that was really a, you know, dealing with an unpleasant, difficult situation, how to work together to to get to the to get to the place we were going, and and I suppose also just understanding the other person's how they deal with that. Um, I grew up in Durban, so I I battled to deal with cold more than uh, Kirsten does, but she was battling more with the heat. And I think that to be able to say, no, we're not going to walk. Um, tomorrow or this is how we're going to deal with it yeah so I think that was those are interesting situations and sometimes really trying there was one situation where we well Kirsten changed her mind about four times about where we were going the next day 
<coughs> Maybe I should be sharing that. Got a, got a mind will change type of thing. So, uh, yeah. Did you did you discover new things about yourself and about your wife on this Camino? Yes. Yes. Some about our relationship and about my wife. And you're still married, so you, <laughs> you didn't come back and file for the divorce immediately. Or, or, no, we or survived it. <laughs> awesome. Is there anything else that I haven't asked that you would like to tell me about the Camino and what it meant to you or about the experience or anything? I think that the one of the things is, is very practical is take really, if you do decide to do it, take as little as you can down to breaking your toothbrush in half. Good God. And <laughs> literally travel. We left... My my backpack weighs 1.7 kilograms, and you know the backpack by itself, okay. and and full weighed 4.7. So I took three three. So when I left, my total luggage on the plane was three it was 4.7 kilograms, and that makes a huge difference. And I think it's an interest not only in the fact that I carrying weight makes is, is difficult, but also I think it's it's even more fun. I have so little. You know, there is nothing to worry about from a material perspective. And it proves, I think part of, of, of my spiritual journey was in life to show me how little material things I need. Yes. There's a crap load that I want. But ultimately what I need is very, very little. And it sounds as if that was your experience as well. On the Camino, you proved to yourself that you can get along with very, very little and it's okay. And well, and it's so enjoyable. I think another part of the Camino is that everybody has little, and I, you cannot tell the difference between the people who have a lot at home and who don't, because okay. you basically have two T-shirts and two pairs of walking yeah. pants and and one old pair of shoes. Everybody. <laughs> Fabulous. So people are just walking. I think that it sounds like a humbling experience. I suppose a, a humbling experience would would almost entail not wanting it to be as it is. I think that there's, I would experience it more as a freeing experience. Okay. Everybody is like this, do mm. it. Cool. Um, the one part, I suppose another, another thing that I would say is don't overthink it, just go and do it. Exactly as that saying says. Yeah, yeah don't, don't, just, just go and do it and um, allow, it, allow it to happen. And then to really treasure the and be open to the experiences along the way. It sounds like a life lesson. Like, if you're feeling really hot and you... Uh, we swim in the streams, you know? Yeah. Take a swimming costume or skinny dip. Yeah. Swim in the streams. I mean, like... And, you know, if there's a scenic route you want to do, go and do it. and Don't worry about where you, where you are going to. Yeah. I think that... And the lightness of that experience, I, I can't explain in words, but the lightness of waking up and saying, I'm going to walk today. I'm going to get somewhere further and I'm going to see what happens and I'm going to probably meet some interesting people. I'm probably going to drink some good coffee. Fabulous. And what I'm hearing as well is because you're walking and you're traveling shorter distances per day, you possibly see places that you would never do if you go to Portugal as a tourist, for instance, or to go to Spain as a tourist, as a kind of traveler, if you understand the difference between... So the, I have a d completely different and deeper understanding yeah. of the countries for having done the Caminos because the people that I meet are, 
you know, the people hanging out there washing and sitting on the side of the road with their dog um, in small towns that yeah. I would never have visited otherwise. I mean, I, I, the first day it took us three hours to get outside of the outskirts of Porto, and that was it. I would, I would never have gone to any of the other towns. And I saw a different part of Portugal, and I think that, that you see... Not, not, no, no, that yeah. you don't normally see. <laughs> and I saw <laughs> the... Cars coming through. <laughs> yeah, I saw really also the, almost the working classes of Portugal. Mm. A lot of guys driving in, you know, with, with wife beaters on. Yeah. And, and you see a lot of like half-built buildings walking past them in the little towns and, and little um, vineyards or little fruit... Um, Farms. Yeah, but you see people who, there's no um, sophistication in, in 99% of the people that you meet. And there'll be someone who's started a little um, cafe on the side of the road, but it's just them and their daughter, and they've worked on how to make yeah. coffee, and they... Fabulous. Yeah. A word that, when you said the word sophistication, the word that popped into my head was pretension. It sounds as if the Camino strips, strips us of pretension. Yeah, there's very little pretension on this. Or if there is pretension, it, it's so s stark. I mean, if there's a pretentious person on the Camino, you can... <laughs> well, I think you have to try very hard to be pretentious so that, that it... Stands um, out like a pimple on a butt, like my mother would say, face of a pimple. Exactly. Um, I think Sorry. another thing to be said... Sorry. <laughs> another thing to be said about the Camino is that it's a very simple holiday and it's the easiest and can be a very inexpensive holiday because effectively all I have to do is, is get a, a, a plane ticket to Madrid and then I, literally outside of the Madrid airport I got a bus and in three hours I was there. And then if I'm staying in albergues they are very cheap and I was just buying some food at supermarkets and, and, and getting water you know, at the stops. Yeah. So it can be a very, yeah, very light imprint, easily done, and low admin holiday. So I've never been to Portugal, but I've, I think I've been to every country in Europe. Other than Portugal. So, yeah. So would you recommend for somebody like me who's not been to Portugal and you would actually like to have a spiritual experience would you say freely go and do it? Yes. And also not with a lot of money? Yes, not with a lot of money. Um, I, would, I would say go and do it. I would, if I were going to Portugal, um, we found that the cheapest flights were to Lisbon. And Lisbon is a beautiful, vibrant city. <laughs> at the moment. It's just such an amazing, glowing, booming city. A lot of people are going to Portugal at the moment. Well, go, and specifically Lisbon, because they had such a tough time in the financial crisis that they are now coming back and there's lots of local design. Oh, the food is mm, the, similarly oh. priced to um, South Africa, if not a bit cheaper. So maybe in Lisbon the same as, as Cape Town, but... The, as soon as you get outside of Lisbon, it's cheaper. So I would, I would go, what we did, which I really enjoyed, was to fly to Lisbon and to stay an, one night or two in Lisbon. And I would, if you were going to only do that, I would actually fly to Lisbon, go straight, walk the Camino, and then take the train back to Lisbon and spend the night afterwards. Because if, you're gonna, if you want to buy a T-shirt, you can't buy it before you do the Camino. <laughs> So you are, then you can arrive yeah. back and um, 
Yeah, if you want to buy presents for anybody, you can do it then. Okay. So Lisbon was fantastic. And yes, Portugal is a... I think the Portuguese people are kind. And there's you get the sense of that, that they are a simple, kind people and are not... Um, and are very welcoming. I think when I travel, I somehow always end up with Canadians. And when in, in South Africa, I have a lot of Portuguese connections. They... I, I, you're right. They're just a really, really lovely cultural nation that I somehow have a soul connection with. Dave, this was awesome. And this is it. Thank you very much for sharing your experience of the Caminos with us. It's a pleasure, Freddie. Google the Cape Town Camino. It is there. I saw it this morning at 3.30. It's real. It exists. And there's a passport involved. A Camino passport? Yeah. Well, go and do it, Fred. <laughs> no, I mean, you can go and do it. You've not done two already. I, I will make the Portuguese my first one. Enjoy the rest of your day. Sounds like a lovely day. You've got a nice excursion planned, and I've got lunch with a friend. So, um, thank you very much. Thanks, Freddy. After this talk with Dave, I feel the need to pack a minute little bag and head off to Portugal and go and do the Portuguese way. I'm just such a romantic at heart and the pictures that came into my head while listening to Dave just makes me want to go now. It sounds like truly a remarkable experience and Dave shared his experience beautifully. Thank you Dave very very much. If you want to know more about what I do please feel free to connect with me on my website which is www.freddy.org.za or find me on Facebook at either Meet Me in the Field or Freddy Counselor, or Freddy van Rensburg, or on Twitter at at Rensburg Freddy, or Instagram at Freddy Counselor. Remember that Freddy is always spelt with an IE at the end. If you feel you have a spiritual journey to share with us, please contact me. I'm currently working on a new idea, and I'm looking for someone who has taken the Hajj, or any other significant physical spiritual journey, to come and talk to us. If you have done something like this and are willing to share your experience with us, I shall greatly appreciate it. I want to thank Dave for his time and for sharing his views with Meet Me in the Field. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Bye.